Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and I am so excited that you're here to catch the weekly replay of my laid-back yet very inspiring conversations with other full-time professional artists. The purpose of this series is to show aspiring artists that it is completely possible to have a great career in the arts. And if you ever want to tune in and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just check out the schedule over at facebook.com groups slash artist academy every Tuesday to catch us on live. I'll see you there. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time six-figure art business. With weekly trainings that include step-by-step proven art business techniques, plus painting tutorials from yours truly and other guest artists who are masters in their field, you will be well-equipped to learn and grow into the highly skilled and highly profitable artist you know you're meant to be. I've figured out what it takes to build my own six-figure art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. It's not hard, but it does require your time and dedication. So if you're up for the challenge, go to advancedmember.com. That's advancedmember.com to learn more. This week's episode features Austria-based fantasy artist, Raffaella Czech. I am completely obsessed with Raphael's style of painting. She does this gaming-inspired fantasy-like scenes that are literally out of this world. She is a true example of an artist who is sticking to her niche and thriving from it. We talk about why she chooses this niche and how she's getting commissions for a subject that's so specific. And while you're listening to this episode, I highly encourage you to click the link in the notes to really see Raffaella's art for yourself. Just scroll through her Instagram and you'll see how far from the typical landscape her art really is. But let me know what you think about this week's episode with Raffaella Check. Um, could you start by please uh, pronouncing your first and last name and just kind of like yeah. letting us know a little bit of history about you and how you got started into the art world? Yeah, okay. Um, um, my name is Rafaela Czech, also Aronia Art. Um, I'm 27 years old artist from Austria. Actually, I studied law, but I always had a passion for art. And so it's been um, a hobby for really a long time. Um, I'm mostly self-taught, um, you know, like experimenting with different mediums and this kind of stuff, like learning by doing. Um, I mainly do, but I, I will put that one of my results. Okay. Um, I mainly do fantasy landscapes, so creatures, dragons, castles, you can see here, the dragons. So cool. <laughs> um, and stuff like that, but also pet paintings or normal landscape, let's say. Um, I only paint with acrylics and oils on canvas. Uh, I once I tried watercolors too, but um, but this was nothing for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and during my childhood, I did a lot of drawings, so mostly animals and characters out of my imagination. And at the age of 
forgotten, I think it was. Um, I participated in a local art contest where I even won a small compact camera, um, which was quite a big deal for me back then and surely motivated me to, to keep going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and my high school offered mm. us some special art classes where I had my first exper experiences with real canvases and you know oil paintings and there I learned the basic technique and I really love painting with oil so much to the point where I wouldn't use anything else anymore and I remember when we once got an assignment from our art teacher um, to paint something with acrylics and I just refused it and ultimately <laughs> my teacher allowed me um, as the only one in class to paint with oils and so I loved it so much and I was so familiar with it from from then on. And yeah, after having finished school, I had to decide what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And also my family and friends advised me to maybe um, study something with arts, with visual arts. Um, I didn't dare to, as you know, um, I, I thought it's just too risky to get into this. And I was just too afraid to... Um, not fitting into this art world and you know um and in general usually art that you see in galleries or on tv is just um kind of abstract and weird i guess for yeah. me at least and yeah so um at least i couldn't really understand this kind of art so um i ended up with studying law and because it would be the safe road you know and yeah at least I thought art would be my hobby. And, but as you can imagine, um, when studying law, there is no, no time for painting anymore. So yeah, and for a couple of years, I barely did anything in that regard. And yeah, I don't remember having any hobbies at that time. Yeah. Just all <laughs> but law. Always, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I've always been a passionate fan of fantasy video games and books, movies, especially the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you see, they are a sort of other oh, Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and when the Hobbit movies then came out, I was just so fascinated um, by them and I kind of rediscovered my passion for these fantasy landscapes. And so I grabbed some old paints and canvases I had in, in our attic I don't know <laughs> and I painted some locations out of this world and yeah I had no professional setup then so I just got some cheap oil paints and started brushes but yeah soon I bought more and more stuff and I occupied half of our living room now so yeah um and because I was still at university that time and you, um, I still hadn't um, enough time for it, so I just painted a bit on the weekends or on holidays, you know, and I did like um, about four, four paintings a year, yeah, not quite much, Yeah. And but I, I, I wanted to do so much more, and yeah, very soon I started then having doubts if law was the right thing for me. And I couldn't even imagine myself being a lawyer then. Um, so I did more and more time. Um, I spent more and more time doing creative things, such as 
building tiny hobby tools and painting, photography and this kind of stuff. And I've got a tiny hobby tool to show you. Yes. Oh my gosh, um, how cute. <laughs> this one is out of, can you see that? It's yes. out of clay uh, with those little miniature trees, little plants and tiny grass. So this one but for the structure, I used some modeling tools to engrave all these wooden details. Yes, yeah. I love it. And, <laughs> and I loved working on this so much. So I think um, during the last couple of years, I made a bunch of them and, and even a, a tiny a village with about four or five houses. Yeah, and I think in 2015, then I really started to, as I painted, yeah, landscapes based on my favorite video games, which made me kind of popular, I think. Yeah. As I posted them on Facebook and yeah. Um, I already had an Instagram account that time, but um, for photography, as I loved to take photos, even when I used my smartphone camera, um yeah but i soon started uploading some of my paintings um on there and one day someone on instagram even asked me if i would sell my work and i was just that really surprised me i mean i i've never thought about it before and after some messaging forth and back i got my very first commission and it was just a 40 by 50 centimeters that's 15 by 20 inches. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I really didn't get a lot of money for that, but but I really feel so honored to that someone wants to buy my my work. It's yeah. <laughs> and then I created myself an artist name, which was no big deal as I always use the name Aronia on the internet, um, it has no meaning at all. It was just the very first name my character in the Lord of the Rings online had. So I stuck with it and yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I started painting full-time since 2020. So it's my very first year officially. Oh, I would have never guessed. Wow. Yeah, but I've, I've done what it official now let's oh, say yeah. so were, <laughs> um, what job did, did you have before you went full-time were you a lawyer or no 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 i i just uh i just studied oh oh started, okay. just... uh, yeah this, this was something like a student's job to sell some paintings and i thought okay let's make this professional and yeah here i am now <laughs> <laughs> and yeah now i'm super busy i have got my online shop on Etsy and I'm super happy to have chosen this path so yeah oh I love that <laughs> I, I I love the contrast too of studying law and now you're an artist as well yeah that's, yeah, that's, yeah, so that's, fun. that's really a strange combination <laughs> <laughs> well it, at least now you know like all the uh, the rules of like you know how to stay like into the like copyright areas and like what not to do and like all the all of those mm -hmm. things <laughs> yeah yeah mm, yeah that's it's indeed a tricky thing as i started mainly doing these lot of green space stuff to gain some followers you know yeah but for the future i'm definitely trying to make stuff on my own yes 
I love it. I, I love your little, your fantasy worlds too, because I have, I have a soft spot for like surrealist art in a way. And I mm -hmm. kind of want to start to turn into that. So like I paint animals now, but I really want to start to go into this like surrealist um, direction. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so yeah, I'm that's so, something I like too. Yes. I'm so uh -huh. inspired by you. Like every time I see your stuff, like yeah, I, I've been following you for the last year and I'm, I just kept thinking like, I'm going to ask her to be on the podcast. Oh, oh yeah. I'm going to ask Thank her to be you. on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. So what makes up your typical work day? How many days or how many hours do you spend painting? Um, well, I say, um, that varies. Um, from from painting to painting or how motivated I am, let's say that. Actually, the best time for me painting is in the evening until late at night. I Sometimes I paint till three because nobody is awake and there's no um, nothing disturbing me, so no distraction. Yeah. But um, usually I carefully plan my work, prepare everything, make concepts and talk to my customers and Depending on how motivated I am, I usually spend about three hours or sometimes way more. Or then there are some days I, I don't paint at all because there's just no motivation at all. And yeah, it depends. But I'd say yeah, three to six hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I love but, it. But sometimes that um, I get this idea in my head and then envision a concept that doesn't let go of me. And then I just immediately drop everything and and start with this idea working nonstop until it's done. Oh, and I love that. Like when, when, <laughs> when inspiration strikes, just go with it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this is how um, motivation and passion influences me. <laughs> so how do you come up, this, is, this isn't on the, on the questions, but on this subject, how do you come up with like your inspiration? Like where does inspiration come from? Did it, like, how do you get this idea? Yeah, actually, I think it's these, um, my passion for fantasy and video games and this kind of stuff, um, you know, as when you're a gamer and you start playing and you, you switch off and everything, you don't see any, you just, you live in another world, let's say like that. And this is something, it's so dreamy and inspiring. And, and every time I, I play, I, I screenshot everything I, I really love and then I, I've got a screenshot folder with about 3,000 or more screenshots uh, from one game and yeah it, it's just like I think um, when you go outside and photographing when you go hiking it's the same for me as a gamer when I play video games and I see whoa days I, I need to have I need to paint that and yeah and yeah, of course, um, when you, when I read fantasy um, stories like Lord of the Rings, then I envision the um, some locations, and I think this is also something that inspires me. Yeah, I love everything. Everything fantasy. Let's say that. <laughs> I, I I love that, and because I, I remember one time exactly when I, I went to see the movie Avatar for the first time, like it. In, yeah in theaters it was like 3d and all this stuff and then we walked mm -hmm. out of the theater and it was like this world is not as fun <laughs> as yeah. avatar so there's I something missing definitely <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. so, so your your painting is kind of like it kind of takes you back to like an avatar land or like you know a fantasy land which is just way more fun than reality i think <laughs> mm, 
Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I think that, man, I mean, um, the world is sometimes boring enough, so I create my own world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. You know, it's funny because I did that in college. Like that, the, those are the kind of paintings that I did. I was like, the, the the real world is fun and all, but like, I want to create my own world. And I forgot about it. Like I just, I for the last like six years, I had just forgotten that I had done that. And so that's why I'm getting back into it. And your art is just a great example of you're you're doing exactly what you want to do. So just keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, can you talk us through your painting process? Are there any methods or techniques that you've picked up through years of experience? Um, yeah. Um, the very first, you mean how I, I start from the beginning to the end? Okay, yeah. um, the very first step before I start painting is to make the sketch that I usually do on Photoshop with my tablet by combining pictures with sketches. And I arrange everything until I reach a satisfying result and the sketch is then my reference picture and I transfer it onto my canvas and once this is done I usually tone the canvas for an old painting I use acrylic paints as underpainting um, just to get the basic color scheme then I make up the lights and shadows and everything and it's possible to paint with oils on acrylics but never the other way around it's okay. something I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know before um, and I always work with layers. Um, I discovered a special medium that speeds drying. I've got it here. It's um, from Winsor Newton Oil Color Liquid Impesto. It, it speeds drying of paint, oil paint. Um, yeah, and I discovered this medium and it speeds the drying, which makes it possible to, um, to use this technique of layers for oil paintings as well without long waiting periods in between what I really enjoy. And for instance, when um, when I paint a mountain, um, I first add the very basic shapes for um, with, um, with dark blue, for example. Um, and when the first layer is still wet, I add pure white and mix the brighter areas directly on my canvas. Um, so it's easier for me to make it this way and don't um, mix the, the colors on my palette, but just right on the painting. I don't know if yeah, it's such a technique that's popular, <laughs> but I've, I've done it, if, yeah, I've done it for years. Um, yeah, once the, the, this layer is dry, then I make the details on a third layer, um, like rocky structures and tiny details, cliffs, everything and stuff like that and yeah once this is done no another another technique is um i use the palette knife for um it's the best way to get these stru- rocky tech uh, structures and everything but okay. um especially when it comes to painting mountains or but also um rocks or forests i use it for almost everything gets that should look natural you know oh, a palette knife okay yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay and yeah for acrylic paintings i basically use the same thing the same technique um but as acrylics is uh are much thinner then I, I need more layers to achieve saturated colors and yeah they dry super quick 
and I really had problems when I first tried out acrylics. But I'm now using a water spray bottle and and yeah, that's to keep my paints uh, wet. But um, sometimes, depending on the painting, of course, I, I really prefer acrylics just because they are drying so quick, um, especially when it comes to painting furry subjects like pets or super tiny details. Okay, so you use acrylics first and then you use the oils to really get that like saturated color. Is that why you use the oils on top or? Uh, no, I, I just use acrylics as an underpainting for oils, then okay. only oils. Then okay. once you've you've done a layer in oil and put everything acrylic away, it, it's not working to paint with acrylics on oils. Okay. Awesome. But the other way around, it's no problem. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, I, I just want to know to say um, what I also do quite often is to um, to add light rays or fog onto my dried acrylic or oil paintings by using a super thin layer of pure white uh, oil paint just to, to achieve a transparent light effect. And okay. this is something I, I've done for one year, one year now and yeah, really love the technique. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Okay. Very good tips. I love it. So is there anything you don't like to paint without? Uh, yeah, that, um, that would definitely be, when it comes to acrylics, the water spray. Okay. I can't do without. And I've got this brush cleaner here. I put it at, so this one. Oh, a brush cleaner. Okay. What brand yeah, is yeah. that? Um, it is the master's brush cleaner. I don't know. It's an American, <laughs> but I got it from... I found it in Austria here, okay. and it's it's so much easier to clean your brushes with that. And I also um, like I also um, love what I what I what I would never paint without is my daylight lamp. Just bought a daylight lamp one half a year ago, and I, I can't do without, especially in dark winter months. You know, it's awesome to have a daylight lamp. It's mounted on my easel and it shines on the painting. Um, I've experienced that artificial, artificial light sources can kind of um, distort your the colors. And this lamp definitely helps me choosing the right colors. And yeah, okay. those three things I a, never leave behind. A daylight lamp. Yeah. I, I have like a bunch of different lights, but I had never even known of a daylight lamp. It, really? It's yeah, just, it's... it's it's an artist's artist lamp. I don't know. It's just to to adjust right on top of your easel. And oh, yeah, going to have to look into this. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you definitely should. <laughs> okay, uh, is there any, are there any lessons that you've learned the hard way? Maybe that you don't have to stay to every single commission. Yes, I would do that, oh. especially when it's not really your style. Um, I believe you should do that what feels right for you and not just because you will get paid. And when it comes to commissioned paintings, um, one thing I really had difficulties at the beginning was pricing my work. And um, when sitting on, when, when I set the prices too low, then you might regret it in the end, um, especially when the project you're working on is not something you enjoy that much as you would um, when painting something you've chosen. Yeah. 
And so, you know, it's something you are not enough passionate about and you are out of your comfort zone. So you really need to wait how much effort, time, energy and motivation will go into this project before you confirm so it's balanced at the end. Yeah, and what's even worse is when you need to agree um, on a price with a friend or person you know. But, yeah, it's so um, hard. <laughs> yeah, and as I always tend to set it too low. <laughs> but yeah, mm. um, also focusing on too many commission paintings keeps you from finding and improving your own style. So my message is only take commissions that you really it's to you I love that otherwise you won't be happy and maybe your customer won't be happy too I don't know when there's not enough passion um another thing I learned the hard way was as I varnished an oil painting outside on the balcony and let it dry there for a while and then when I came back it was full of little flies oh my gosh <laughs> And insects, and I, I don't know, they must be attracted to the varnish. <laughs> oh. And I, I had to pluck all these poor little flies afterwards out of the painting surface. <laughs> so that's something you, I've learned to have. We never let a painting dry outside. Yeah, and I also learned that I shouldn't let my dad near my painting studio as he was once rummaging stuff and he put a big pile of computer cables near a painting that was not completely dry but everything was okay at the end so no big deal <laughs> yeah that's it okay awesome yes uh, and i i hadn't even thought of like until you mentioned it um like leaving your paintings to dry outside i would i wouldn't even think of that like I mean, especially with do, because I, I do murals, and so I'm painting outside all the time. However, the paint that I use is pretty quick drying, and okay. so I could imagine, though, how something with oil or something with a scent, especially, would just, like, attract all the bugs. It's a good yeah. tip. <laughs> also, I, I once tried to paint, up, uh, to do a painting outside on the balcony, just, just acrylics that, that also dry quick, but I don't know, maybe there are two... In Austria, we have more flies, oh, okay. but it was not possible, so I had to go inside. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just paint by a window or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> so what was the tipping point that took you from hobby to professional artist? Well, I'd say that was the rising demand. And during the last three years, I visited some conventions in Austria and Germany. And the demand for my paintings started to rise more and more and people asked me to do paintings for them. And yeah, realizing that your work is appreciated that much is the best feeling and biggest encouragement for me to head into this and take the next step. And the highlight was definitely a commissioned project I did for my favorite video game company called Bethesda Germany for their video game The Elder Scrolls Online. Maybe you know that, where I did two paintings of a location out of the game and they even came to interview me in my own house. And I was like, oh, my God, I felt so honored and flattered. And that was that such a big professional company like Bethesda wants me. And I ended up being invited to Gamescom in Cologne where these two paintings were raffled at the after party of the convention. 
and two prints were gifted to the game director. Yeah, and I think that was the point where I wanted nothing more to be a full-time artist. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting, especially like, yeah, in, the, definitely. in the beginning as well. Like I, I work with a lot of my students too that are like, they're in the very beginning and they're like, if something like, if, if they catch a break like that, then that's, that's just such a right place, right time, but talent mixed with luck too. And it's just like, it gives you a little bit of momentum just to go for it. And some of my students too, they're like, they'll, they'll, they'll come to me and they're like, I just made my first sale or I, I just got into this and we just like celebrate together. And I'm just, that's so exciting. And yeah. everything <laughs> in the first couple of years too, is just so exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, do you have a favorite past project? Um, I think I most enjoyed the process of making the oil painting called Drift. It's based on the video game Skyrim, and I love the scenery of that game. And until today, it's been my favorite video game since it was released in 2011. So, it was time to paint something big from that universe again, and it's one of my biggest paintings I've done so far. And I painted it in February that this year. And yeah, the painting shows a dragon flying over a lake towards the sun setting behind a mountain and everything is touched in this beautiful golden evening light. And on the shores, you can see golden forests and everything feels so calm and peaceful. And I made three different versions of that. The smallest one was a 10 by 10 centimeter, so super tiny and I raffled it on Instagram. Then the second one was about um, a three sized. I don't know if you, yeah, it's just so 45, 30 centimeters. And it was sold and the biggest one with 40 by 27 inches now hangs on the walls of our living room in a huge golden floater frame. And yeah, after I posted it online, a client also liked it so much that he asked me to paint something very similar, but just without the dragon and a cloaked person standing on the shore. So yeah, that painting really worked out for me. So it's my favorite. I enjoyed the process the most, and I also like the result the most, and people like the result. So yeah, that's my favorite. Awesome. I love it. Also, I just wanted to say really quick too, like you, like um, talking to you uh, this past week and stuff, like you really inspired me to get out of my own comfort zone and paint something that's a little bit odd and weird and or just like oh, di different. Great. Yeah. And, and I've done that this past weekend. I, I dove into a painting. It's a, and I had an idea. It's like clouds it, or it's like one big cloud and it has the stairs going up to the cloud and it has penguins on it on the cloud and it's just so oh, strange and I am so in yeah. love with it and you definitely had a part in that oh, so cool, I just wanted cool, to tell yeah. you that <laughs> yeah. yeah that's great and that's great that I inspire all other artists and yeah surrealism and this kind of stuff I think I, I really have to do some more strange thing in future too so yeah I'm excited to see yours Awesome. Yeah, I yeah, I'll, I'll post it later. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your future art plans and goals? Do you have any upcoming projects? What's on the books for you? Um, I plan to go to much more conventions in the future. I actually planned visiting about six conventions this year, but half of them were 
cancelled due to the corona situation. But um, that was quite a slap in the face as I already ordered a bunch of prints. The whole room in our house was filled with canvas prints piled up in boxes and inventory the storage room and everything and now it's quite a mess but yeah anyway as soon as the situation comes I definitely plan to go to more conventions in Austria Germany maybe Swiss and other countries in Europe what I'm already looking for and yeah another goal is to paint bigger in the future like really huge landscape paintings with a lot of tiny little details so just to build up my private collection. So yeah, I'd keep the originals, sell the prints, and yeah, the biggest painting I've done so far was, um, it would be about 47 by 30 inches. Oh, wow. To avoid the centimeter thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and awesome. I also consider to maybe do more live streams one day, as I've been asked that quite often, but I still don't know how to do to prepare as I'm super shy and I'm not um, and I'm scared that I that I would turn on the camera and have everything prepared and just then I have a bad day and embarrass myself <laughs> yeah and moreover I don't know how to teach others but maybe it's nice to just do live painting sessions I yeah, love would it be, would be a plan <laughs> I love it so you mentioned a convention so just to clarify you go to like not really art shows or art conventions you go to mm -hmm. like comic-con yeah exactly so there's, there's a big convention with different areas and one is the artist area so you book a table and I don't know a table costs between 150 up to 400 depending on the size you will have with um and yeah then you and you then i take my my easel and a lot of posters a, a really huge map with posters so and postcards also canvas prints and yeah it's it's really a good opportunity to show people your art and maybe it's also an advantage that it's not only based on art but art is just a part of the whole convention so that game and nerds, gamers <laughs> that like your stuff also can buy art based on fantasy stuff. I, I love that idea too because it's like to me going to an art show is like you're one in a hundred or one in a thousand you know like you're like you're like yeah, you, you bring exactly. your art yeah and mm -hmm. so I've always tried to like force myself to like okay think out of the box where's something that I can go and still be relevant but be like one of the only artists there that because like art really sticks out to people but mm -hmm. if you're like swimming in a pool of other artists it's hard it's just hard to stick out and so I love that you're taking that approach of going to conventions that are theme based but not necessarily like art based yeah that's definitely an advantage especially when you just do fantasy or gaming based stuff but I've also seen a lot of colorful animal paintings there so it's, it's quite a, oh, a mixture okay. so you should definitely try a comic con is, is can if nothing to lose I'd say yeah for sure <laughs> just yeah, I might look into that. Okay, awesome. Um, and then you also mentioned going live. You're going to go live. And just to let you know, like I would break out in hives every time I would go live for the first like, I'd say 
five or six or seven times I would go live. I would just like, and like, and they were just kind of like itchy and it just, it, it wasn't a big deal, but that's how my body reacts to stress. And uh-huh. now I'll still, like, I might do it if I'm really nervous and like, I'm the one being interviewed and it's, it's important, you know? And, but nowadays going live isn't as bad as it used to be. So I just wanted to, mm-hmm. I just wanted to tell you that too. Cause like, I did not like it at first, but okay. n- yeah, nothing has ever happened to me to where that wasn't like fixable or nobody has ever like, you know, been like, Oh, she looks so stupid. Like, like I would maybe think would happen. Yeah, so mm-hmm, you'll be mm-hmm. completely fine. And I'm and it's funny too. Cause like anytime I mess up or anytime I like do something out of the ordinary, people are like, Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and so I okay. am honest. I am, I swear that's what people will think of you. I know it. <laughs> okay, that's encouraging. <laughs> yeah, people will be like, that's so cute. She's human. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, I can't wait to see your lives. I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> okay. So um, is there any advice that you would want to give to artists who want to make art their full-time career but just don't know where to start? Um. Yeah, that's... Um, a hard question I'd say do not put yourself under a lot of pressure just paint because you love it because you've got a passion for it but do not be too hasty with your decision that you have to make money with it and I often find it demotivating to worry about money too much as the creativity should come from within so it's also useful to have a backup job or career plan and an advice I'd really recommend would also be to, yeah, participate in conventions and art festivals and stuff like that as you get the perfect feedback and the chance to see if it's possible to make money with your work. Um, or just offer your work on Etsy. That's an online shop platform for arts and crafted stuff, which I'm using too. And just give it a try as you've got nothing to lose. And... Also never stop learning. So read books, watch tutorials of other artists and experiment with different mediums and techniques. And once you've taken the first step, always be aware that there's so much more than just painting and selling art as you've got um, lots of bills to pay, all the expenses, then managing your social media accounts, advertising and so on. But I hope I didn't frighten you. I didn't know about these things before I started, but I just learned as I go and I, I got professional helps for my taxes, for example. So mm-hmm. yeah, give it a try. <laughs> awesome. That is, that's awesome. Yeah, I think you I think you definitely don't scare people away. I think you, if anything, inspire them to go for it and with your unique niche and I think it's just awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and talking with us today. I know that your art will definitely inspire so many people and we really appreciate you taking the time and the courage to come on and chat with me. And that's it. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me. It was really a pleasure and maybe, yeah, an encouraging step for me to head into life. Stuff. Yeah, I'm so I'm excited for you. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I will. You. No problem. I will talk to you later. Bye. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full time six figure art business. 
with weekly trainings that include step-by-step -step proven art business techniques, plus painting tutorials from yours truly <laughs> and other guest artists who are masters in their field, you will be well-equipped to learn and grow into the highly skilled and highly profitable artist you know you're meant to be. I've figured out what it takes to build my own six-figure art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. It's not hard, but it does require your time and dedication. So if you're up for the challenge, go to advancedmember.com. That's advancedmember.com to learn more. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. If you review our podcast and send a screenshot of that review to me on Instagram, I am at art by Andrea Earhart. I will then promote your art on my story and tag you as a little thank you for helping me grow this podcast and our Artist Academy community. I have a reach of over 50,000 on Instagram. So this is a little help me to help you incentive. Also, if you ever want your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop on over to facebook.com slash groups slash artist academy to check out the schedule every Tuesday to catch us on live. I'll see you next week.